millions of Christians face intense persecution and risk their lives for the sake of the gospel. Vom Oz Radio supports persecuted Christians, giving a voice to the testimony of those who have been denied a voice. Our programs inform and encourage Christians in Australia and around the world to mobilize and to stand with our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to Vom Oz Radio, voice for the persecuted. Welcome again. My name is Todd Nettleton, and uh, we are on the road this week with uh, a famous TV host, uh, not famous probably to most Americans, but in the Middle East, quite well known for addressing Islam and inviting people to think about Jesus Christ. His name is Brother Rashid. He's the host of a show called Let's Be Clear, and he hears from Muslims all over the world. Uh, sometimes they are excited to talk to him and, and have questions. Uh, sometimes they want to tell him how evil he is and how they wish he was dead. Uh, but he gets both sides of that. Brother Rashid, welcome. Well, thank you for having me, and thank you for this nice introduction. <laughs> <laughs> how old were you when you first heard the gospel message? Because I know you grew up in Morocco in a Muslim family. Yeah. How old were you when you first heard Jesus is the Son of God? I uh, started listening to a radio program that was broadcasted through TWR, Transworld Radio, and they, they used Monte Carlo as a base for uh, the broadcasting. And um, I remember it was at night, so that was my first time I was exposed to the message of the gospel in my life. And you were a good Muslim boy. You were the son of an imam. So when you hear this broadcast, what did you think? It was um, a provocative uh, message. It provoked me. And also, it was interesting because it was the first time I hear some things from uh, um, a Christian perspective, not a Muslim perspective, like Jesus is the Son of God, like Jesus being crucified on the cross. You know, Islam teaches us that um, uh, Jesus was not crucified. Somebody else took his resemblance and was crucified instead of him. So uh, I was really shocked because my worldview um, used to be uh, Muslim, and here I am facing some really basic questions and um, so I was I was trying to defend my faith as a Muslim my dad is an imam for the local mosque and I was raised to be um, a very devout Muslim I did my prayers I did everything that Islam asks me to do and I was following my dad's steps actually so when I heard um, those I, I, I called them back then blasphemies because they were <laughs> against my faith so I was trying to respond to them and that started me with a four years correspondence course which led me eventually after that to Christ and I know it was very significant as you heard this radio broadcast the fact that they were speaking Arabic yes. why was that such a big deal to you well, we are used to uh, call Christians all Westerns, but we're not used to know that there are Arab Christians. I, I didn't know back then there are Arabs. So, a Arab means Muslim. So when I heard Arabic and somebody's preaching a different message than Islam, actually contradicting Islam, I was um, suspicious about it. It's It must be those 
who occupied us, France and the West who hate us and trying to change us, trying uh, didn't succeed um, through their uh, colonial period. So they are trying to now take our minds instead of our lands. So I, I was trying to connect those dots. And, you know, with conspiracy theories, growing up with all kind of conspiracy theories, you the first thing you believe is somebody learned Arabic and trying to change your faith, and he's not an Arab. So they are just like um, Zionists, uh, Western people who are conspiring against us. So you mentioned the process. It, it was a four-year process from the time you heard that to actually placing your faith in Christ. Talk a little bit about that process. What What did you have to understand? What did you have to make peace with in order to come to the point of saying, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. Well, you know, we grow up, we as Muslims, we had vaccines, like an, an immunity against the Christian faith. So everything that Christianity teaches, we have something against it in Islam. Um, so I had to deal first with my ignorance. I am trying to respond to some people, but I don't know what they believe in. And actually, I have only my assumptions as a Muslim. They believe this, they believe that. But I never heard their their own version, how they say it and what actually they believe. So I started a learning process. I want to learn so I can respond to them. Do you really believe the Trinity is God married Miriam and then he got Jesus as the son? So that was the Islamic thinking. They said, no, we believe in a different trinity. is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I found I was ignorant. I had this assumption that Christians believe in uh, daddy and a mom and a son. So it, it, it's, a, it's a different concept. Then I was, uh, okay, the Son of God, you must be the Son of God because he is born from that relationship between God and Mary. And they said, no, 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 that's not the sonship of God. The sonship of God is different. So I started a learning process. I had actually to break down all my worldviews elements and try to tackle each one separately and try to understand it from a Christian perspective. And that changed me a lot. I, of course, I struggled because um, it was painful and I lost trust on the way because I started doubting everything. I lost trust in my society. So all my grounds were shaken. I lost trust in my dad. Not that he was a bad person, but I started doubting what he believes. Probably is not right. Probably everything he taught me was not the truth. So you start like surrounding yourself with all kinds of questions, and that's not really um, uh, a comfortable zone. You mentioned the fact that, that Islam kind of inoculates Muslims against the teachings of the gospel. Can you give me an example of that, a teaching in Islam that is specifically designed to counteract the gospel message? Well, if, if you believe that God was incarnated in the flesh and he became Jesus or like showed himself as Jesus, Islam teaches God will not do that. That's a blasphemy against God. God is the most high. 
So his his glory is in his separation from from human beings. His glory is not to descend to the human beings and uh, interact with them. So uh, and that that worldview is different than the Western Christian because Western is based on a Christian worldview, and that's why you have um, to humble yourself is something uh, good. In, in in our culture, is the more you separate yourself, the more you have glory. So uh, th- that's one thing. Second is the crucifixion. The crucifixion. Christians believe that Jesus was crucified for their sins. And in Islam, they taught us God cannot allow Jesus to go through that. Mm-hmm. So he put his resemblance on somebody else who deserved that death or volunteered to take it. It depends on which version you want to take. So he can save his prophet, his messenger from, from that humility, from being humiliated by human beings and being spit on and, and, and beaten and all that. So there is a different perspective for dignity, for glory, for um, all these kind of things. So when I started learning from a different perspective, no, the crucifixion is not something bad. Christians, they look at it as something that uh, that has redemption in it. it it's, it's something of value. It's not something that um, they are ashamed of. And so th- different perspectives uh-huh. here. So... As you went through this process and as you gained faith, took faith, what did your family say? I mean, your dad was an imam. Your family was very devout. Did they notice a change in you? And then, and then, how did they respond? Well, at first, um, it was like um, they thought I'm just curious, um, trying to learn. I mean, a kid going through his phases of life, and he's just curious to know the the world around him. Let him have fun. So all these letters are coming, and correspondence, and stuff, and books sometimes. So they were like, okay, he's just having fun learning. It's a very good thing for a kid. (laughs) And then when my behavior started changing, I stopped going to the mosque. I stopped doing the prayers. I stopped doing so many things. My when I got connected with um, secret believers through um, a missionary who lives in Morocco, he got my address through the station. So he contacted me. He connected me with the underground church. My schedule for Sundays is different now. I don't tell them the the details, but I'm busy. I'm seeing some friends. I'm I'm going out, and so that my schedule is not the same, and my friends are not the same anymore. Some sometimes they see some new faces they are not familiar with. Who's this guy? Where did you know him? And all kind of questions started surrounding me. But the 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 thing that sparked everything is was a cousin. I had a discussion with him, and I defended somehow. The, the some beliefs that are um, Christians and and I, he said the Bible was changed. I said, can you prove that? And as a Muslim, we wouldn't like challenge even that that question. I said, this is just something we believe in. We have no proof to to provide. It's just an assumption. So he said, oh man, you are getting influenced by these guys. And so he reported that to my mom, and, but uh, 
the report was changed on the way that your son became Zionist, became oh, Christian, wow. became a Jew, became so all mixed in one soup. <laughs> and then, then my mom had to do a meeting with the whole family and actually to defend her reputation. And she wanted to prove that Rashid cannot do that. And he's not the kind of son who will rebel against his culture, his religion, his parents. So she was 100% sure that I would not do that. So she invited everybody. And then when I came in, they just asked me this question, are you a Muslim or a Christian? And boom, I was in front of a huge question that I was not prepared to answer. And I felt the tension in the air. And I said, Mom, that's between me and God. Nobody is allowed to know what another person believes in, unless he volunteers to say that. So it's something in the heart. I said, no, just tell them that you don't believe in that. And then she said, just say the Shahada, which is the, the Islamic creed. Uh, there is no God uh, but Allah, and Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. And for to, to tell the truth, I was thinking about it for a few seconds. Then I say, I cannot live with that. It, it, it will be a denial for Christ. I didn't deny Christ, but still I, I, I testified for another creed. So I, in a few seconds, I said, Mom, I cannot say that. And that was it. It, it just, the whole room just changed completely. And my mom started crying, everybody started cursing, and uh, I was kicked out of the family since then. Rashid, you mentioned that you were able to connect with other secret believers in Morocco. What did that mean to you when you understood that there's more of us. There are others like me who believe in Jesus. Oh, that was really um, so sweet when I found out. It, it was like full, I was full of joy and excitement and fear, all mixed up. We're doing something that's the whole society is against. If we are found by the police, we'll be arrested. We'll be jailed for our faith. We'll be persecuted and all that. So um, it, it was really um, a mixture of feelings. But it was very good to see other young people coming to the faith through radio programs and correspondence courses. Almost all of them, they had the same story. Wow. I felt very comfortable among them. I felt I have a family. Even when I was rejected by my family, I felt, I felt surrounded by people who have similar stories. Some of them, they had worse than me. They were arrested before, and they were jailed and beaten and all that. So I, you, you feel, I, I'm not the worst case here. I'm, I'm just one of the cases. <laughs> and everybody's dealing with it um, as worth it. It's something that deserves that we take all that um, pain for it. We are doing it for a cause, for a big cause, bigger than all of us. And that gives us a feeling of uh, meaning. It's a meaningful life. It's not just a waste. And also we are doing it not because we're evil, 
but because God changed our hearts and became, we are loving our country, we're loving our families, we, we're trying to understand the world around us, understand why we came here, what we are doing, where we are, where we are going, all these basic questions. So we're not harming anybody, but still we are persecuted by those who are supposed to protect us. You mentioned that after you came to faith, your family kicked you out. In the years since then, has there been any softening? Has there been any reconciliation in that relationship? Yes. Just because of time, I'll try to <laughs> summarize it. It was a long journey, ups and downs, many confrontations later, many back and forth arguments. But at the end, I proved to my family that I loved them even more when I became a Christian and that Christ didn't teach me anything bad and that my life changed for better and I'm willing to do anything it takes to get my relationship back with them. So I, I kept insisting on that and I gained the trust of my mom and then, you know, the mom probably sometimes is softer than the dad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so she was the mediator between me and my uh, dad for a certain period. Then I got to be uh, with my dad for a little bit and try to avoid some questions, confrontations. And God used me to bring my uh, brother to faith and another sister. She came to faith. So we started, the faith started bringing my family back together. Wow. And, and along the years, I became like the favorite of my dad and my mom. And they, they trusted me more. And they, I think one thing they appreciated a lot how I persevered for my new faith, mm -hmm. how I took it so seriously. And when I started having kids and a family, they saw it was not a joke. It's not something, these trends that young people go through or phases, it was not a phase. It was really a heart change. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that, that touched them very much. Brother Rashid, eventually you began hosting a, a TV show called Daring Questions. Yeah reaching out to Muslims, inviting them to ask questions. Why is it such a crucial step for Muslims to start asking some questions about their own faith? Why, why is that such a significant thing? Islam is a tribal religion. So we give allegiance to the tribe, to the ummah, to the nation. You are not allowed to leave that ummah, that tribe, that nation, or you will be killed. You are not allowed to ask questions out of that. You just take it as it is. So the authority is not in your mind. The authority comes from your parents, your, your, um, your society, and you have to believe everything they gave you and submit to it. So I started thinking, what, what is the first step to break that? And I learned from my own experience the first step I took is asking questions. Mm -hmm. And I believed if, if we enable Muslims to ask questions, then we are putting them on the right track. So that's why I call the program Daring Questions. Do you dare to ask some questions about your faith? Do you dare to challenge some assumptions? 
So if we get a Muslim to do that, then we are uh, 100% sure he started a, a very fascinating journey into finding the truth. And when the show went on the air, what were the results, especially early on? Did, did you see immediately that, wow, there's a lot of Muslims who have a lot of questions? It just was amazingly surprising. I had some gut feeling that there are people like me searching all over the Muslim world, but I didn't have any statistics in hand. I didn't have any scientific data that can lead me. It just was a gut feeling. But my expectations were lower than what we we had later on. Like Let's say the first episode was on air. We were hoping 10, 20 people will call. More than 800 people called the first half an hour. I wow. <laughs> it just, it, it, it was mind-blowing. And that tells you the thirst that we have for critical thinking, for um, existential questions. People are asking those questions. So um, uh, people cursed, others insulted, threatened. But many gave their lives to Jesus Christ, cried on air, uh, and they just, they said, you're speaking our mind. We never dare to ask it publicly. And so many people, they said, I thought I'm the only one. And so we, I kind of gave them a platform where they can express themselves, or at least the ones who are in danger zones, they cannot talk, at least watch and hear what I'm saying and probably pray in secret in their hearts. And some of them, even I had a, a nice story. A lady was in Saudi Arabia. I met her later in Canada. And she said, I was watching you while I was in Saudi Arabia. And I heard you explaining baptism. And I didn't have anybody to baptize me. So I went to the shower. I put my hand on me. And I said, I baptize you, Fatima, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So it, it, it was amazing that we enabled people to believe in Christ, even if when they are in, in very difficult places. And even they don't have to share it with anybody around them. And we received thousands of emails, thousands of phone calls, people uh, with uh, different nicknames telling us their amazing stories. You mentioned the fact that there were threats and there were people who were not happy about this this television show. Were you ever afraid, or, or how did you get to the point where you didn't worry about the threats anymore? There is a, a reasonable fear as humans, but I uh, get over it. Again, going to the same basic thing, when I got kicked out of my family, I just felt it's worth it, and it gives me meaning, and it gives me even um, more courage to do more because life is short no matter what how we die we just have to invest it in a in something that is worth investing and i believe investing it for changing people's lives through jesus christ is the best investment i can do with my life rashid one of the the video things that you're doing now is is a production called moroccan and christian why is that so significant to tell people, hey, I'm Moroccan and I'm a Christian? 
There is an assumption in the Muslim world and in Morocco specifically that if you are a Christian, you are Western. So you cannot have both. And they, they forgot that Christianity came from the, from the East, not from the West. And, and Jesus was a Middle Eastern guy, and he talked our language, our culture. There are so many things we understand because it, it belongs to our culture. And that's why I want to tell Moroccans that you can be a Moroccan. You can have your own culture. You don't have to change your culture to become a Christian. It's, it's a matter of heart. It's not a matter of um, things we do. I can wear as my clothes as Moroccan. I can eat the couscous, the Moroccan couscous. I can celebrate the Moroccan holidays. So I'm faithful to my country, but also I can be a Christian. So uh, the, this notion that you will be um, uh, American or French or um, your allegiance is, a, is to another country, we want to break that. We want to change the stereotyping that um, uh, we had in Morocco. And I think we succeeded to, um, because I wear so many times in uh, episodes, I wear the Moroccan clothes and I speak about my faith and I talk about the best food I like in the country. <laughs> and I, I don't like, it's not pizza, it's not hamburger, it's not <laughs> any other thing. It's, it's couscous. So uh, being a Moroccan Christian, they are not contradictory things. Brother Rashid, you grew up in the home of an imam. You worked on memorizing the Quran. If a Muslim comes to you with questions, you can probably answer them. Many of our listeners don't have that background, but they would love to be able to share Christ with Muslim friends and classmates and coworkers. How would you advise them to enter into that conversation? If they are interested in answering Muslims, they have to understand at least some basic things about Islam, about uh, the Muslim worldview, how they see the world around them, how they see Christianity, how they see God, how they see human beings, how they look at salvation, how they look at sin and all that. So if we understand those basic things, I think you can you can handle most of the questions asked by Muslims because they are repeated and they are frequently asked and they are um, the same over and over. So the basic thing uh, is to understand the Islamic faith and the Islamic worldview. How can we pray for the Muslim world? Uh, uh, God is already moving there. Just I, I'm praying for a breakthrough that will happen because I believe um, salvation for Middle East is not through political change, not through military. I believe in um, changing the hearts of Muslims. Brother Rashid, thank you for being our guest. Thank you for your ministry. Uh, it is great to hear what God is doing through you in the Middle East. Thank you so much for having me, and God bless you. Christians in hostile nations may live far from us. As believers, we know that we are one with them and part of the body of Christ. As such, we can't ignore their suffering. If the Holy Spirit is impressing you to know more and support the work of Voice of the Martyrs, please visit our website at vom.com.au. All donations of $2 and more are tax deductible in Australia. This has been a production of Vom Oz Radio, Voice for the Persecuted.